Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Cruise Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. On the air. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cruise Control. I'm Fred Staub, and the other guy you're about to hear is none other than Les Jackson. We are going to jump right into it because we've got plenty to talk about, including Mercedes' plans on continuing the power and performance of AMG, even if they're not burning fossil fuels. We have details on the all-electric 677-horsepower EQE. Headlight tech gets approved, which could finally cut down on the glare of those LED lights. Comeback kids. Could a Volkswagen model and the DeLorean be returning to showrooms? So a massive following for the Beetle, and the DeLorean has, you know, a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, over at Consumer Reports, they just released uh, their t- 2022 uh, brands report card and its top vehicle picks and mike quincy who's been on the show a number of times joins us a little later mm-hmm. we're going to go over the results might be some surprises never know yeah yeah now i i wonder too if you can get any of those twenty five thousand dollar vehicles for twenty five thousand dollars doesn't <laughs> seem like not. you can yeah no. <laughs> so uh we will talk about that and a whole lot more don't forget to check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com where you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter and all that good stuff so uh plenty of that coming up on cruise control your on-air automotive magazine as les said i'm fred staub and he is les jackson and uh Les, it has been a great week in the automotive industry, and always it's good to sit here and talk with uh, all the developments with you. So, good stuff. Yep. I, I'm looking forward uh, to this whole year for some re- reveals that we'll get to go to. Yep. Um, you know, uh, we're kind of, I hate to say it this way, but we're kind of back in the driver's seat. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Except we can't get anything to try. That's right. Right. (laughs) Well, but but, you know, we'll be back after the break on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. Stay tuned. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We are glad you're along for the ride. Good times here. Um, A lot of people are concerned. Electric vehicles on the way. Will that mean there's no more performance? It might be just the opposite, Les. And uh, there is a new vehicle that Mercedes has out has the unfortunate (laughs) name of EQE, which means 
absolutely nothing to me. But uh, it doesn't mean anything to me. I guess electrical something. I don't know. <laughs> it means nothing. But anyway, anyway, this is an all-wheel drive AMG electric vehicle, right? Um, and it has 617 horsepower, but you can also get the AMG Dynamic Plus package, which will boost it up to 677 horsepower. There are two electric motors. These things are huge. It is all-wheel drive, 0 to Man. 60, for a vehicle that looks to be about the size of the S-Class, just looking at it. Yep. Um 4,000 pounds. Something like that. Uh, 0 to 60 in 3.4 seconds for the 617 horsepower version and uh, 3.2 seconds for the 677 horsepower version. Top speed, 137 and 149, depending on what you get. Uh, it looks like Mercedes continues, will continue with the AMG-specific type vehicle they have amg specific electric motors uh to make this thing a real monster when it comes to power uh and there's a lot of technology in there too um they are uh have a capacity of 90.6 kilowatt hours the battery quick charging time uh which can get you 112 miles of range in just 15 minutes which is which is pretty darn amazing if you think about that. 15 it's, minutes uh, yeah. 15 is a bathroom is break. It's a bathroom yeah. break, right? <laughs> so, That's right. It's, you know, it's time to fill up and wash the window and, uh, you know, go in and get uh, whatever yep. at, at the convenience mark. Now, no surprise, this vehicle still includes things like AMG ride control with uh, adaptive um, damping in the uh, suspension. Uh, there is rear axle steering as standard. This is something we've seen <coughs> from, from uh, several yeah. manufacturers. Some are offering it, I think Mercedes on certain vehicles is offering it as an option, a paid option or a subscription uh, but in this case, with the AMG, you get rear steering. Um, and it has a, ver a variety of different modes that will basically cut the power or add power. So the slippery mode only gives you 50% output, 308 horsepower, only 308 horsepower less. Only. Uh, only, only. And then comfort mode, about 493 horsepower. That's pretty comfortable, wouldn't you say? Pretty comfortable. Uh, and, of course, I know you would choose race start. Without boost function or with boost? No, with, with boost. That's six. That's 110% power. That's what the military calls battle power or military yeah. power, right? Uh, flank, flank speed, flank power. Yeah. Uh, you could do that in all the airplanes, um, but the engines can only run for us very specified amount of time before you destroy them before you tear them up before you yep. tear them up yeah no we don't know if that's a problem with this i don't think so but you'll deplete I, your battery I doubt it. You, um, you will deplete your battery for sure right you know i could just see a day and not too many years when you know young guys will be uh, sitting at the wherever they hang out 
And instead of talking about carburetors and superchargers and, you know, uh, scatter shields on the clutches, they'll be talking about, you know, uh, large inductance stator windings. Yeah, or uh, uh, hey, I put my monster cables in uh, to go from yeah. my battery pack to the uh, to the motor. Yeah, yeah, I, it'll be a whole new bragging system. Um, people have got to test electric cars. They're, they're going to be very impressed with what they do. Well, one of the things too, it's a performance car, so it's got to sound good. So they have something called the AMG sound experience, which sounds sort of like a psychedelic band from the sixties. It's the sound (laughs) experience, man. Um, They have a full range of wide bandwidth sounds for this vehicle. We'll tell you a little bit more about this vehicle. Uh, It is the Mercedes EQE, the performance vehicle uh, from Mercedes, the AMG group. So stay tuned to Cruise Control. When we come back, we'll have more about that. And we're going to talk about some headlight tech that could eliminate that annoying glare. So stay tuned. Yes. Cruise Control. <laughs> Welcome back to Cruise Control. Uh, Fred and I were talking before the break about this upcoming AMG Mercedes that's going to be sort of sort of dynamite on wheels. <laughs> I don't think they'd like it called <laughs> dynamite. <laughs> but well, uh, we were talking about it, the AMG sound experience, right? Which, yeah, no, no. I, I want your go ahead and uh, talk about that, but I want your opinion on which sound you would want. Oh man, I don't know. I I tend to like. I always thought watching shows when I was a kid, they would make cars sound like they had a jet turbine in them, and I always thought that was cool. Uh, so yeah, maybe no, something no. like that. Um. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind a, a gentle rumble, but not a, you know, not a cacophonous <laughs> blast. Okay. Um, or something kind of spaceship sounding, you know. Like, All right. You know, <laughs> well, anyway. uh, you can control these sounds from the steering wheel of this EQE. Uh, you can go with balanced sport or powerful in any drive mode. Uh, And during race start, the vehicle produces a unique sound to match the dynamic acceleration. I love the sound of that. That, that Which is is the sound of your passenger screaming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it. That is the, uh, at, well, look at the interior. Uh, That's the, a spectacular interior. Yeah, the the whole dashboard is basically a um, a screen. So yeah, it, a big it, control, uh, you know, control panel. Man, I think this thing might even cost fifty thousand dollars. What do you think? <laughs> I think you you're going to have to add another hundred to that. I'm sure. I might. You might have to add another two hundred to it. But we'll we'll talk about yeah. that. Uh, something a little bit more down to earth uh, it involves headlights. Now, you and I have talked about this a lot. That modern headlights, LED headlights, really do a great job, but they can be kind of annoying to oncoming drivers can't they and uh 
you know, they they have a problem of uh, they they basically blind people. They can't see. They uh, distract them. Well, what about adaptive headlights? And we've heard about this from uh, a lot of different people around the world, and uh, they are uh, basically a way of uh, controlling the light. Little by little, the light is controlled, and it is uh, only used only only the light used uh, for illuminating the road is there. It's not. It basically controls the light very, very finely. So you're not getting that scatter of light. And I think uh, this has been around in Europe since 2006, which is a long time for this uh, type of technology to be be coming in. But uh, active beams will illuminate more of the road ahead while simultaneously aiming the light away from oncoming cars. This is a welcome development. Uh, NHTSA, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, has just published a 327-page document outlining every detail of the rule change. And these lights should be coming in uh, pretty quickly to uh, the marketplace because, as I said, it's a very mature technology. Um, and it has been around since 2006 in Europe. So it, it's uh, probably going to be a big difference for people using the old style headlights and also people just uh, wanting to be able to not be blinded at night by those LED headlights. Um, so I think, I think it's a good thing. I think we will see this, uh, we'll see this as a positive development for all the uh, various uh, drivers out there, whether you're watching or whether you, whether you're oncoming or you're driving behind the wheel, good stuff. Now, let's talk a little bit about comebacks for certain vehicles. Um, interesting article uh, about an interview with the CEO of the VW Group, Herbert Deese. And uh, he was doing something on Reddit called Ask Me Anything, and an Ask Me Anything uh, session. And people were asking him a little bit about the upcoming uh, micro bus, and then he said we have a lot of iconic vehicles that uh, we would also potentially bring back other beloved vehicles because of the scalability of what Volkswagen calls the MEB platform. That is the platform that underpins just about everything, including this new micro bus, and uh, they are potentially less going to bring back the Beetle. We he didn't say it by name but yeah but you can bet it is because there there's still millions of people that would like to see some sort of beetle around uh, granted the sales in 2019 when they ended it were dwindling but that's uh you know that was a model that had been around for 21 years yeah well do you think if it comes back they'll <laughs> make it a crossover a crossover beetle um, well, stranger things have happened. I think it could be a crossover. It would be a beetle, but it would be sort of, uh, enlarged, I think. Okay. Um, and of course electric. Yeah, it would have to be electric. That's for sure. Um, so, uh, do you think they could ever bring back the Carmen Ghia or something like that? If they thought there was a market for a little sports car, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Interesting, but though. Sports cars are weird. You know? Sports cars are definitely weird. Uh, there's a report out this week that the BMW Z4 might not get another generation, that they might do away people, with that. People driving them are being intimidated by big vehicles. <laughs> um, yeah. it's, it's just they're becoming impractical because of the desires of everybody else to have to a, go big. Yeah. Well, We're, let's talk about another car uh that might well will be making a comeback not might will be making a comeback and that is the delorean you remember there's a company down in uh texas i believe that has bought all the parts and pieces to the yep. delorean they they basically will build your your old school delorean um and uh, or refresh it if you want. They can even build, since they are a low-volume builder, they can even build you a complete new DeLorean uh, from, uh, from existing parts. Well, now uh, they're talking, they've released a little bit of a teaser video. They're talking about um, building an electric version, a new modern version of the DeLorean, and uh, it's pretty exciting. We put the teaser up on our cruise control radio facebook page so if you want to check that out go over there that's it really is a little bit of a tease it's not <laughs> it's, it's not a yeah. lot of a tease but it's actually uh, this is a great idea on several levels and you know the big achilles heel of the delorean was that renault engine it was uh underpowered uh didn't have any torque mm -hmm. so yeah, it had a uh, yeah, Renault. It had a Renault V6, right? A V6, which, by the way, the DeLorean enthusiasts over the last uh, twenty years have been converting the very awkward carburetors in it uh, to a special manifold with a standard, you know, Edelbrock type four barrel. Wow, wow! And it improves the drivability quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Well, we'll follow all those stories on Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. A lot coming up. Um, I was just uh, saying about the headlights, uh, Les, that I'm excited about adaptive headlights will finally be making their way into the, uh, yep. into the U.S. So that's good stuff, isn't it? It's terrific. Uh, NHTSA really has wanted um, uh, to, to allow work into law uh modern head night technology it's not as simple as you know a group of them at at uh, the agency saying okay you can do this you know they have to go through endless amounts of red tape yeah well we're gonna go through a little red tape just taking a break and when we come back we've got some great information from mike quincy of consumer reports about their brand report card and top vehicle picks so stay tuned we are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control Radio, your on-air automotive magazine. We're glad you're along for the ride. Always want to bring you some great information if you're going out to buy a new vehicle. And wow, <laughs> if you are going out to buy a new vehicle... Right now, we wish you luck because it is, it's like we going do. into combat. 
basically. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Les and I have talked about this, and now Mike Quincy is actually going to give us some great information. Mike is from Consumer Reports. He's joined us before. And, Mike, um, you've got some great information here for people to to go out and buy new vehicles. But let's talk a little bit about it. it there's some rough times for people going out to buying buy a new vehicle right now, right? Yeah, I think it reminds me of something my grandfather used to say, and I think it goes like, rot's a ruck. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you yep. Know, I, I don't mean to go old school on everybody, but but no, now is a, is a horrible time. I mean, it's a buyer's market, whether you're looking for new or you're looking for used. I mean, the, the, the funny part is that people have like a two or three-year-old uh, car, and the dealers are contacting a co-worker who has a, a, a two-year-old mm-hmm. uh, Subaru um Crosstrek, mm-hmm. and they want to give them five thousand dollars more than what they paid for it. Right. I mean, how many people have an equity in like a new car? That's, I know. Yeah, but then what do you drive? <laughs> That's right. That's whatever right. You buy is going to cost you that and much more. That's right. Um, it's like why don't oh, just the housing terrible. market is great. Why don't you sell your house? Well, you're going to have to buy yeah. another house to live in. Well, well, uh, you guys have put out uh, two great. Um, reports this week. And let's talk about the brands one first. Uh, and this is always interesting. And I think the winner, you you, you and I have, have talked about this, Mike, before. People are very loyal to this brand that you found, you put at the top of your brands report. Tell us a little bit about the brands report card. How do you, how do you work it and what are you looking for there? Well, as we accumulate this this list, we're actually averaging the overall scores for each brand's uh, models, factoring road test performance, predictive reliability, owner satisfaction, and safety. And I think the best news and the real takeaway from the, the most current Consumer Reports brand report cards is that you don't have to spend a lot of money to get a really good car. And that's highlighting the top two brands on our list, which are Subaru and Mazda. Okay. You know, not, not considered you know, premium nameplates uh, by, by any means, uh, and uh, that, but what, what is so awesome about these two companies is their consistency year in year out. They deliver high quality products that are fuel efficient, reliable, and packed with standard safety gear. Yeah. Yeah. The Subaru has some of the best loyalty of any brand people, they buy them and they just come back. And yep. I, I guess that's a yep. sign of what you found, right? Uh, absolutely. I mean, when, when you look at, at consumer reports, brand report card ratings, there's a category called owner satisfaction. And Subaru owners love their cars. Mazda owners love their cars. Certainly where I am here in the Northeast, uh, Subaru seems to just own this territory. And, you know, for good reason, because all but one of their models uh, as standard all-wheel drive. So that certainly helps in a a crazy Northeast winter like we're having right now. You know, uh, and now, of course, this makes me uh, ask, the, the venerable traditional top brands are always Honda and Toyota. And it's not like they're bad cars. They're certainly great, great cars, but they've, they've actually been outpaced by Subaru and Mazda. Uh, is, is there one particular category that they're, they're lower in? Well, it, it, it really, it really depends. I mean, in terms of Toyota, for example, 
their products are very solid. Uh, right. Their products usually do well in Consumer Reports testing. They're not mm-hmm. always at the top of every category, but they're consistent enough. Listen, Toyota is still in the top 10, and that's not bad. Uh, as, sure. as well as 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 Honda as as also in the in the in the top ten, but you have to look at, at also that the fact that that Acura and and Lexus are also really good performers. So so it, the, the company is doing both those companies are doing a lot of things really well across the board. But but again, to emphasize that these you know Honda, Toyota, Mazda, and 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 Subaru, you don't have to spend a lot of money to get a high quality product. That's right. I mean, uh, you're, yeah. Well, you're, you do now, but normally that's true. We were we were just talking about a story. I said about a friend of the family that went in to buy a Civic. She needed a car. Hers had many miles on it, and it just was not repairable, worth repairing. And they're like, we must charge you $5,000 over MSRP. And she said to them, I believe that might be illegal. It is not illegal. It may be unethical. It may be bad business, but it's not illegal. Yeah, I, I, it, the three of us love cars. And obviously, one of the things that I've done for Consumer Reports over the last 20 plus years is bought a lot of test cars. I think I'm up to about 155. And so I, I see what goes on at the dealer level. And honestly, the vast majority of the dealers that I've worked with over the years are honest, hardworking businessmen and women. Uh, so it does pain me to hear these stories because it always seems like the automotive world from a product standpoint couldn't couldn't be better. They're, they're safer, they're more fuel efficient, yeah. there's more variety, but at the retail level, you know, there's there's still, there's still have a ways to go. And, and we, I, I had to buy the Ford Bronco for our, the test program, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic. Wow. And I got away with only $5,000 over MSRP and Consumer Reports hardly ever wants to spend over MSRP, but it turns out I got a bargain. (laughs) (laughs) Now, do they know you're from Consumer Reports, Mike, or do you wear a disguise or something? Or if you can't (laughs) say, you tell me, or I mean, like you buy a lot of cars, so you must they must, you know. They must see you. They must recognize you. <laughs> well, you know, with, with, with this face, they, you know, they think it's Halloween every day. Talk about a disguise. No, um, actually, the, the thing about uh, uh, automotive retail, certainly here in Connecticut, uh, is there's this usually a pretty high turnover rate. Right. So I but, I, but I keep a spreadsheet of all the dealers that I go to. So I'm not continuously going back to the same ones. Uh, and, and we don't, I don't say that I'm from Consumer Reports until the day of delivery. So when right. I go... When I, when I make the initial contact, I say, I'm Mike Quincy, this is uh, my own private car. And, you know, the best part is to say, yeah, we're, I'm paying in cash, which is awesome. It's great to spend other people's money. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and, but then the day of delivery, I contact the salesperson. I say, you know, just, just a little update here. Uh, I'm from Consumer Reports. This is going to be a test car. The registration is going to be different. Just want to give you a heads up. Yeah. And most of the, at the time, the dealers are like, oh, this is cool. And, <laughs> and occasionally the dealers go, oh, they go into a panic. I go, Don't worry. I got to talk worry. to my manager <laughs> it's okay yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a car sale you'll get your commission it's it's all good it's it's just mm-hmm. like someone it's like a company buying a car and that's what you're doing right uh, mm-hmm. yeah but uh wh- let's talk mm-hmm. about some of the brands that did not fare as well and one of the some of them i understand and uh one of them i got a question about so all right so we we look to the other end of the best and worst brands, Tesla. Now, 
we we talk we have a segment called as the tesla turns because of all the drama that <laughs> goes right. on and missing parts and things like that but i mean what why did they end up on your near the bottom i would say near the not at the bottom but near the bottom well for years tesla has had issues with reliability i mean sometimes yep. the best a tesla can do is about average in consumer reports reliability surveys which isn't awesome but what really hurt uh, the the Tesla standing in the brand report card is their change from a steering wheel to this yoke, which is you know you think <laughs> you, you think of like you know a uh, 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 Night Rider, you know Kit had this little you know it looked like an airplane uh, wheel, but 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 it really hurt usability, it hurt drivability, uh, the controls are an absolute nightmare, and so they they have fallen in in our brand report cards, and and you know I I, I love being on your podcast, Consumer Reports also has a podcast called Talking Cars, yep. and to me it's always a miracle that we can get through an entire podcast without talking about Tesla. <laughs> Same with us. Yes, mm -hmm. we, we can't do it because they're, they're kind of they're kind of the bad boy on the in the school, you know. Well, it's even, you got to always talk about the even Musk the troublemaker. Said, he said I don't know why we did the yoke. I don't really see it. It's like, well, if you yeah. don't know then 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 why did you why did you do it? You know, it it just seems like changing for no reason. It just, that's well, yeah. Yeah. You know, to, to, to shock and awe is one thing. It may be in the entertainment business, but it, it really doesn't work in, in the, in the car business. And, and to me, Tesla has been one of those moments in my automotive life where a car became a status symbol. I mean, it wasn't just, I'm going to save the yeah. environment by driving an electric cars. Like, I have a Tesla and, and that's like, you know, I, I go to this fancy country club or I have a, a fancy watch or something like that. It, you know, it, in the end of the day, a car is supposed to get you from, from point A to point B and, and you and we're all car enthusiasts here, but, but, but I mean, it, it, it became such a status symbol that, that, that people are just overlooking all the other flaws uh, inherent in some of the designs of these cars. Now, Mike Quincy, we're coming up on a break. Yep. We're going to talk a little bit more about this best and worst brands, and then we're going to uh, go into your picks. And as you said, they're not all expensive picks. Some of them start around $25,000. So good stuff. Mike, stay with us because we're just getting started on cruise control, taking a look at these uh, Consumer Reports reports. We'll be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at CruiseControlRadio.com. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control. We're having a lot of fun with Mike Quincy from Consumer Reports. By the way, I'm Fred Staub, and of course, Les Jackson is here, as he is every week. We are talking about a couple of different reports that Consumer Reports did. They revealed them this week. The 2022 brand report card and the top vehicle picks. And we were kind of working with Mike on the bottom end of the worst brands. We won't go through them all, but I'm sure, Mike, you can give us a link if people want to get all, list all of them. But surprising, at the very bottom was a brand that has a ton of loyalty, and that is Jeep. Why did they make make the the bottom bottom end of the chain there uh, jeep definitely has issues with reliability and and some of their product line is pretty old i mean the the, the lifeline that jeep is getting is a redesign 
uh, uh, Grand Cherokee, as well as the Wagoneer just coming out. Uh, but but reliability is really the Achilles heel for Jeep. And it's too bad because it's it's not like we don't like, like driving a, a bunch of these products. The Wrangler is full of character. I totally get the appeal to the Wrangler unless I'm going on a long road trip. Uh, right. But around town, um, uh, it's it's tough to be, it's it's hard to drive that that vehicle and not have a smile on your face. I agree. They completely. definitely have, have, have their work cut out for them in terms of improving reliability. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, uh, it does put a smile on your face, the Wrangler. I have to say that. And I also, there is a certain feeling to it, but it might not be the feeling you want if you're going cross country. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, I agree with that. Um, but, uh, let's move on to some of your picks here because this was, it was sort of like two reports in one, right? Um, and, uh, under $25,000, you can get an incredible car, Nissan Sentra. It is a great that is a great car and it uh you look at this vehicle on the inside, it is uh it is just it is really like a mini luxury car. Plus, Nissan does all the safety features, right? They they make them basically standard, don't they? Well, yeah, and that's and that's a really critical part for any vehicle to make Consumer Reports top picks. I mean, we need to have vehicles that have a score among the highest in their in their category in terms of their road tests. Uh, we need uh, decent predictive reliability, high levels of owner satisfaction, and lots of standard safety features, including forward collision warning and automatic emergency braking. And you got to give hats off to Nissan for equipping a lot of their models with tons of standard safety features. The Sentra is really underrated. <clears throat> I think this is a car that that looks small, but drives big. Uh, the interior, certainly on the higher end models, is, is one that you think you'd have to pay a lot more money for. I mean, it, it isn't like the, the, the Sentra SER of the early 90s, which some <laughs> of us remember as being a, a, just one of the awesome uh, budget-minded performance cars of all time. I actually almost bought one of those, but but inched over to uh, an Acura Integra in 1993. But I often yeah. think about how awesome that SER is. Uh, now, this Sentra is not quite like that in terms of driving, but for everyday performance, 32 miles per gallon overall in Consumer Reports testing. Um, it, it, it does really well. It's a lot of car for the money. Well, staying with Nissan, and here's the thing. A lot of people might say, well, yeah, that's nice. I don't want a sedan or whatever. Uh, but uh, Nissan also offers a um, under 25K crossover in the Nissan Rogue Sport. And uh, this is sort of the old, it's sort of like a decontented, older version of the Rogue, which is, I believe, their most popular model. But people like it because you get a lot for your money, don't you? Uh, a lot for your money, 26 miles per gallon overall. This is Consumer Reports' top pick for a subcompact SUV. Not quite sporty, as in the name Rogue Sport, but it will still uh, provide really good transportation, a lot of content, and again, extra standard safety features, not only including the, the list that I just mentioned, but the Rogue Sport comes standard with lane departure warning, blind spot warning, and rear cross-traffic warning. And th- these are safety features that some really high-end, expensive cars uh, charge extra for. Do you think, I, I don't know what the plan is, and maybe you can't answer this and I can't either, but I guess they're going to bring it in line with the current Rogue as far as the styling that eventually, you know, in a year or two, and uh, it will be kind of just, once again, very similar to the Rogue. Right now, as I say, it's kind of 
looks like the older one, which is not a bad thing. But let's move on to your top brand, uh, a vehicle from your top brand, and that is the Subaru Forester. What I like about this vehicle is the great visibility. You can see outside real easy because it's got a high roof line, and it's kind of like a square or a rectangle. Um, and it's and that's a good thing, really. <laughs> Oh, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. The the Forester <clears throat> is no stranger to the Consumer Reports top picks list. Uh, this is a vehicle that that appeals to all kinds of drivers, tall drivers, shorter drivers, uh, especially older drivers, because the, the the seat level in terms of opening the door and being able to slide in behind the the, the steering wheel is at such a at, at such a good level. It's really easy to get in and out of. So if you're dealing with older parents and you need to get them in a vehicle, a Forester is a great choice because because of the easy access. And like you said, Fred, the visibility is awesome. Uh, great reliability, about 28 miles per gallon overall in Consumer Reports tests. Uh, it's an easy pick for a uh, top pick for Consumer Reports in the small SUV category. Yeah. Do you uh, do you and the other testers find the Subaru, uh, especially the Forester, tends to ride a little bit stiffer than its competition? I, I don't. I, I think it depends on the trim line you get. If, if you're getting uh, something with with stiffer uh, stiffer suspension setting or or uh, or larger wheels that that decreases the sidewall the tires maybe but but mm -hmm. I I don't I don't find the uh, the the Forester ride to be stiff now I find the new WRX rides really stiff oh yeah but it's supposed oh, yeah. to be like that it's supposed to be like that yeah uh, we're gonna have to jump ahead a little bit here uh, because we're quickly running out of time but we're going to always have to have Mike back because it's, it's just a great time talking with him. Uh, also in the 25 to 35,000 category, Toyota Prius prime plug-in hybrid, big fan of those, a, a vehicle that doesn't get enough love in our opinion, the Honda Accord midsize sedan. Yep. Gets overlooked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and a hybrid model also. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then of course there is the RAV4 prime, which this thing, <laughs> if there is a hot rod from Toyota, a plug-in hybrid hot rod that does virtually everything well, 302 horsepower, 42 miles of electric only range. And it's in a very popular vehicle, the RAV4. I mean, this is a home run for them, isn't it? I totally love this car. I, I often look at Consumer Reports top picks list and think, if I just, just take one out of this list, and it has to be one of these cars, which one would it be? And this year, it's definitely the RAV4 Prime. I love this car. The extra weight for the extra battery capacity that, that gives it its plug-in capabilities, I think really helped the ride. I think it helps the, the vehicle kind of hunker down a little bit more. I think it's a little quieter than the standard uh, RAV4 hybrid. Uh, easy controls. I, predictive reliability is so good because that is what Toyota is known for, especially when it comes to hybrids. Uh, I, I think the RAV4 Prime is awesome if you can find one. Well, let's uh, jump ahead to this vehicle, the Kia Telluride. And that is uh, also, if you can find one for midsize three-row SUV in the thirty-five dollars to $45,000 category, whenever we have people on from Kia, they said we wish we could have like 10 of these vehicles in our lineup <laughs> Uh, hard to find, but wow, what a great value, right? 
Yeah, yeah, we we almost want to apologize to Kia for 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 you know kind of crowning this a topic a few years ago, but because it does everything so well, uh, but impossible, like you said, impossible to find a great vehicle if you can get your hands on one. Yeah, I saw one the other day that was really a, a base model. I, you know, th- tiny wheels, basic, 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 but. Uh, let's jump ahead to another one, and uh, that is the uh, Mach-E uh, from Mustang. And I tell you what, uh, I saw somebody with one of these. The guy told me he would never buy a Ford. Uh, he was told never to buy one by his parents, <laughs> only Audis. But now he had one, and he was real happy with it. But uh, we're going to have to leave it there, Mike. The time goes too fast with you but if they want more information about consumer reports top picks and your brand report where would they go uh, go to consumerreports.org or if you like old school magazines check out the april issue of consumer reports on newsstands now all right well mike quincy we appreciate it. time for me to say i'm fred Staub. i'm les jackson we'll see you down the road right cruise control streams live every saturday starting at 10 a.m eastern Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.